0: Thanks for tuning in to the Dogwood Media Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Cumbie, and today we're talking about the importance of pre-planning for videography with my guest, Mark Denman. Hi, and welcome to the Dogwood Media Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Cumbie, and today I am joined by our videographer, Mark Denman. Welcome, Mark.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: It's going good. It's exciting to have you on the podcast on this side of things for once.
1: <laughs> it's weird. I, I'm really not looking forward to editing myself. <laughs> trying it's to make my voice sound good. I'm I've got a little bit of a cold too, so um, I'm hoping it's not bad. But well,
0: maybe that'll like make it better. You know how sometimes like you have a cold ooh. and your voice sounds like, you know, gravelly and like Yeah.
1: Get that Morgan Freeman voice right? going. Right. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. Well, I hope you have a good time uh, editing and Listening to yourself. So
1: <laughs> I've done it before, but this'll be a new experience. I've never done a podcast really. So
0: Right. It'll me be and, fun.
1: In college, me and some friends tried to do a podcast. We we got one episode in and, and quit. And <laughs> I think everybody has a story like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure. Yeah.
1: Maybe I'm just weird, but
0: <laughs> I mean, I like I think that that sounds like something that me and my friends would have done. It wasn't a podcast though. It was my my group of friends um wanted to like record our D and D, our like dragon and dungeon oh, and dragon yeah? sessions. Um and I, th- I think that they bought stuff and like set it up one time and then like didn't record it anymore. Oh so yeah. similar.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, well, since this is your first time on the podcast, tell us a little bit about you and how you got here and all that kind of good stuff.
1: Uh, Well, I have done videography since I was 16. Um, I've done it professionally since I was 21,
0: I guess. So long ago.
1: Yeah. Ancient, ancient history at this point. <laughs> um, Mark's so like
0: 23, right? 24. 24, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. In case you didn't um, know that.
1: <laughs> so... I've uh, yeah, I when I was a kid, I um, I had a friend who wanted to be a, a filmmaker. So I was like trying to be his friend or whatever. And we started hanging out. And every time we hung out, he wanted to watch a movie. Mm-hmm. And each movie I watched, I was like, dang, movies are cool. <laughs> you know, the more and more I watched movies, I was like, dang, I really like movies. Maybe I could do this because at that point, all I really cared about was like, I guess history is cool but I don't want to be a history teacher. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I, I guess I just kept on watching movies with him. Uh, the filmmaking bug bit me, and I, I wanted to start making movies as well. Then in college, I got on, like, an actual film set for, like, a student film, and it was one of the most organized student films you'll ever see, mm-hmm. and I still hated it. <laughs> <laughs> so I just hated all the waiting and the a billion takes. So... I was just like, well, I don't really like this. I, I don't, I don't know if I want to go to Atlanta or LA and like be a PA, grabbing people's coffee for right. like, you know, the next twenty years before I can make anything on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just kind of like, well, I'll finish out of school, see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, I was working for Crimson Tide Productions. I was a camera operator um, for like the SEC Network and stuff, and that was fun. But uh, like, in order to make that work as a full time job. Like, you've got to – you've got to really, really work, make connections, mm-hmm. be in a big city that has every single sports team at mm-hmm. a professional level. And I was just like, I don't know if I want to do that. So the summer before my senior year, I was invited to a – um, no. So I've got <laughs> – the story keeps on changing. So I've got two younger sisters and one of them was planning on going to Alabama, mm-hmm. which is where I went. And, uh, my, my dad was looking at like, a a retreat for her to go on where she could meet people before going to school. Mm-hmm. She couldn't make it. But while he was on the phone, they mentioned something about needing someone to make a video for them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he was like, well, my son, he works for Crimson Tide Productions, and he really likes uh, stuff with cameras.
0: <laughs> Gotta love parents. They're like, yeah. hey.
1: So I got a job, and I, I like worked like three days, made a video a day, and then put together a video for the whole weekend afterward, mm-hmm. um, and got paid like 300 bucks for it, which Whoa, is- Oh, that's big money. It was big money for a 21-year-old yeah. who had never made anything, but- it's nothing now looking back you know <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it like I really enjoyed doing it. I liked the creative freedom. I liked uh, just the um, opportunity for storytelling mm-hmm. um, I think one of the most interesting things about that gig was like a lot of those kids they like had no idea what they were getting into mm-hmm. you know so they're super nervous about colleges every kid is before they go to college. I right. mean you remember right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to capture that a little bit, but by the end of the weekend, they were like really confident and they're mm-hmm. excited and they're ready to, to go to college. Cause they knew that they had people that they could meet, even if they didn't like hang out with those specific people they met, they knew how easy it was going to be to make friends just right. because college, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's basically the long winded story of how I ended up becoming a videographer. Mm-hmm. So got another gig from connections from that. Kept on making stuff, tried to do my own thing in Huntsville. I do not have an entrepreneurial <laughs> <laughs> bone in my body. And uh, worked
0: with the trash pandas.
1: Yeah, did that. Um and I saw an ad for little uh media company in Montgomery, Alabama. <laughs>
0: little old media company.
1: LinkedIn, which I know Brian speaks so highly of. Oh so. yeah,
0: Brian loves LinkedIn. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yep, yeah, now I'm here.
0: There you go. And now he's here. And you've been here now for over a year, Mm -hmm. doing all kinds of videos and telling all kinds of stories. So it's been good. We've enjoyed having you. Um, so recently you wrote a blog, which is awesome because I'm always begging everybody to write <laughs> blogs. So I was so thankful that you wrote one. Um, but you wrote a blog about pre-production planning and the importance of that. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Um, so first of all, what is pre-planning when it comes to like videography and production and why is it important?
1: Yeah, so pre-production is this idea of everything that happens before you start shooting. Mm-hmm. And like the most important thing of any any video or any like honestly just about anything you do um, like even your social media posts and stuff mm-hmm. is like having a good story. Right. You know, that's what keeps people engaged. And if you don't have a good story, then your video is not going to be good. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think about how that story is going to play out beforehand, then you're basically leaving up to chance how the story could turn out. Mm -hmm. So you like, I I guess something I've learned over the years is just how valuable it is to plan and have at least an idea of what you want and what you're looking for before you go into the shoot. Mm -hmm. Cause if you, if you like, I've seen people do this, like people just show up at the shoot. We'll figure it out. Sometimes it works out great, you know? Sometimes they come out with great results. But what usually happens is it, it's unplanned and you can tell.
0: Yeah, well, and you're leaving it up to chance at that point. Yeah. You know, like you might make something awesome, but uh-huh. it also might tank.
1: And it oftentimes does. I've seen it tank many times. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the importance of pre-production. And it, it can be at any level, really. It could be like a tiny bit of planning mm-hmm. or it could be – um Hundreds of hours, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like they do for movies. Right, so right, right. it's it's a uh, it's a big. There's so much variety in it, and I think I can't remember who said it, but there's a saying like every one minute spent in planning mm-hmm. is an hour saved in the editing room. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all uh, it's all super valuable.
0: Mm-hmm. So how did you kind of get to the process that you have now? Because I know you you've, you've kind of nailed it down to like at least like knowing what you want to do in an ideal situation. So how did you kind of get there? Trial and error or?
1: Yeah, mostly trial and error. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely. So the more I've, I've worked, the more videos I've made, the more I've focused on trying to put the story together in like a cohesive way to keep the video engaging, mm-hmm. which is, you know, most of what we focus on for advertisement, just mm-hmm. engagement. Keep the keep the audience uh, paying attention right and it uh like each time i made a video there was more and more things i noticed Mm -hmm. so like you said trial and error um but like the very first video that i did the the one at the the retreat Mm -hmm. i i planned that out fairly well and i called the person who was paying me i was like hey this is what i'm planning what do you think about that and it worked out really well And I kind of did that subconsciously, like I, or not even on purpose because I was just like, I don't want to show up, stay here for three days, you know, and have no idea what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I've never done this before. So I was like stressed and I was Mm -hmm. like, what do I do? Well, I'll just, I'll just try to plan what I can. Then other jobs that I've done after that, there's been less planning. Right. And I've seen just how much harder it makes the entire thing if you don't plan
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and I think, like, the most telling thing was a lot of the – a lot of the shoots we did early on at Dogwood that I did, Mm -hmm. um, they were saved in the edit. Right. You know? And they turned out fine, but I was just like – I could have made my life so much easier and there could have been so much more – just quality to our videos if it was planned out a little better. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's always a learning process, but yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely still an evolving process. I'm sure if we like came back to this, this podcast in a year (laughs) from now, you'll be like, oh man, like I do things completely differently
1: now. Absolutely.
0: Uh, well, so in your pod, or podcast, in your blog, you had kind of like four-ish steps of like what you do when you're planning. And that first one that you mentioned was understanding the client. Yeah. So what, what does that mean? How do you do that? What does that look like?
1: Well – the most the first thing i do whenever we're we're going to work with a new client is i research the client mm-hmm. i i typically go through every single page on their website just about mm-hmm. um which it's always nice when they're made by dogwood <laughs> <laughs> cuz right. i know the website's going to be better than um if it was just thrown together by by nobody but mm-hmm. um they uh is that, is that good advertising for that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Have your website made by Dogwood so that Mark can make a really good video for you.
1: Exactly. Yeah. But that's the first thing. Just try to research and understand who your client is. Um, so, you know, uh, what their goals are mm-hmm. and what their vibe is as well. Just like how yeah. they come across. I think
0: the tone of like who they are as a company is a really big, important piece. Cause oh, yeah. like, you know, for Kwame's working on that video for, um, junior, junior miss. Yeah. And so kind of getting the idea of like their vibe as far as like young and vibrant and bubbly and mm-hmm. that kind of thing, um, uh, has made a big difference in, in that whole process. So yeah, definitely important to know the tone that yeah. the client's going for.
1: It's very different. Like, I I mean, two of the, the biggest clients we work with over this year have been Alabama Baptist Retirement Center mm-hmm. and Cadell Construction. And Alabama Baptist Retirement Center and Cadell Construction, you know, Alabama Baptist, they're like a, you know, they're a nice retirement community. But Cadell Construction is like a $2 billion corporation. Mm -hmm. And their vibes are completely different. And that really informed how I did everything in the Mm -hmm. videos for them. So Mm -hmm. it's just how it goes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, super important. Well, and then the next part that you talked about was understanding the project itself. So how how does that work and what what are the different types of kind of projects that we typically work with
1: so there are i actually wrote this in my notes but i had to cut this from the actual blog post so well,
0: this is a perfect time to yeah, talk about it yeah
1: you're getting some extra context
0: behind the scenes
1: yeah i let, let me see i came up with like four um different kinds of videos mm-hmm. or five um the first one is like a no dialogue video. Mm-hmm. So that's just like a quick, very simple kind of video.
0: Mm-hmm. Kind of like the Eastmont video that you did recently. Yeah.
1: Something like a website banner or just a little animation that mm-hmm. you put together for a company. Um, the second one was many documentary style. So that's that's what we do most of our bigger projects. They're mostly many documentaries. Basically, um, it's like interviews with B-roll over them. Right. Um, And it's usually multiple people.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Then there's the scripted one, which we're actually shooting a scripted one tomorrow. Right. um, Where you have oftentimes a teleprompter or at least a script that a narrator is following. And then you may have B-roll over it. If Mm -hmm. it's short enough, you might just have the person give their script and then you end it. And then there's some kind of graphics or animation heavy where instead of B-roll, over narration you use graphics or animations mm-hmm. um, and there's also combinations of those so right that's those are usually the things that we uh, shoot with with in mind and knowing that is like the first step but you also need to know uh, what their goal is mm-hmm. like what's the point of this video right. that's the biggest that's the most important question really like what is this video trying to communicate mm-hmm And I I think a good example was for Alabama Baptist Retirement Center. Mm -hmm. There was a miscommunication with the client there. um, That was my fault. And it was like I thought that they were trying to encourage people to send their parents to these retirement centers Mm -hmm. or for people to come there themselves. But really, it was more about highlighting their ministry.
0: Right. It was more of a heart heart story.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was like, hey, here's all the good things we've done, and Mm -hmm. we want people donating to us to know that. Right. And that was like a very different vibe. Mm -hmm. So it's super important to know that from the very beginning.
0: Yeah, well, because that impacts the kind of questions you ask and the kind of B-roll you get and all of that kind of good stuff. It really changes the whole trajectory of the project.
1: Absolutely. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and then after you've got your project figured out, you know, your goals, you've figured out what you're trying to do. You talked about planning out the story and you've already talked about that a little bit as far sure. as coming up with the story. But how do you do that when it's something that's not as wordy like the the Eastmont video that you did recently? I feel like that told a story very well, as at least as somebody who, you know, grew up in that church. It told the story of who Eastmont is and the vibes and how, I mean, how the church kind of feels when you walk in and you showed so many different types of people and just really gave a good feel for what that community is like. So how do you kind of plan the story and what you're trying to get across if it's not something that's verbal?
1: Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I'd say Eastmont, when we, when we talked to them, mm-hmm. they gave us a few, like, core things that they needed to be expressed. So mm-hmm. one of the things they mentioned was diversity in their church. Um, another thing was, like, both diversity in age and in ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing was just the process of what it's like to go to church at Eastmont. Mm-hmm. So we got people arriving they went to Sunday school, then they went to regular church, and at regular church, they, or I guess service or <laughs> big church. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Grew up Baptist, so I've got that lingo in there. Right. Um, but they've got um, like singing to start mm-hmm. out, and then preaching, and then singing or praying at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after all of that, you have fellowship um, just people talking to each other after the service. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that one almost writes itself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, just the process of them coming to church and all that. And Mm -hmm. then you've got to make sure you know what your client wants to focus on. Yeah. Um, and today, like a lot of churches do want to focus on diversity and a lot of, uh, companies that we've worked with, uh, they like to focus on the heart. They Mm -hmm. don't really want to talk about, Hey, we're like a really good construction company right you know we it's more like we want to we want to show people why we're different and why you should care about us and why we care about what we do mm-hmm. so um yeah the non verbal side i guess I haven't had as much problems with that because yeah. <laughs> uh, if you don't need something to be explained, it's usually a little simpler, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still but, yeah. requires
0: that planning. I mean, if you hadn't thought through that ahead of time, you'd just be kind of wandering around the church hoping that you've found <laughs> good things. So, you know.
1: Yeah. And I, I don't remember if it was you or Jessica, but one of y'all gave me a full list of shots that mm-hmm. was needed. and. A list of things to focus on. Right. So stuff like that, I I was constantly looking down at that to make sure I was getting everything I needed. Mm
0: -hmm. And you did a great job. Well, then after you've got your storyline all figured out, you talked about putting together the details and this includes a lot of stuff, right? I mean, scripts and interview questions and shot lists, and you even mentioned music at one point. So Mm -hmm. what are, what are kind of all those little detailed bits that need to be thought through before you even start filming?
1: Yeah, um, we're actually, it's, it's cool that you talk about this cause we're working on it right now with the, with the Oaks cottages, mm-hmm. um, school that we're, we're going to be shooting a video for tomorrow, but scheduling is first and foremost, mm-hmm. you know, figure out what time works for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, every, everybody being interviewed, if it's an interview or, uh, everybody who's being shot, you know, and what works for you as well, of course, mm-hmm. um,
0: Yeah, Um, I didn't even think about that. But, you know, there's specific things like for that video specifically, like there's things that they want us to get. And if we didn't plan times specifically for that, I mean, how are we going to get everybody in the lunchroom if we come in the afternoon or, you know, those kind of things? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Like we've already changed the schedule so much than was planned. Like mm -hmm. originally I was supposed to get there at eight. But when we were talking about getting the shots we needed, we realized we had to get people coming out of their cars into um, the uh, into the school. Mm-hmm. So now I'm getting there at 7:30 instead. Right. If I hadn't done that planning, then and just showed up at eight, like their their script that they have would have had missing portions of B-roll. Yeah, would you know? have missed
0: that shot completely.
1: Yeah, um, and that would have been <laughs> very hard to explain. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the uh, the other parts. Um, like we we got the school schedule, the master schedule for the entire school, mm-hmm. and um just gonna plan around that, and uh we're gonna stay a little later to talk to parents afterwards, cool, and we're gonna schedule that, or I think Jessica's already scheduled that with parents mm-hmm. so it's just a lot of uh a lot of scheduling there, <laughs> super important, <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing I like to do is make a shot list, Mm -hmm. uh, especially for B roll.
0: Yeah. You love a shot list.
1: Yes, I do. (laughs) Uh, it, it just helps so much knowing what you're trying to get and what you need to capture. Um, storyboards are nice. I almost never use them because Mm -hmm. they're tedious, (laughs) but story, if if you don't know what a storyboard is, it's where you basically draw, um, like a, a picture of what you want to shoot, you know? So you... It could help you with your composition um, or like your just general idea of what it's going to look like. That's that's good for clients, too, if you want to show that to them. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, that's that's kind of overkill for a lot of stuff that we do. But Mm -hmm. when we're doing uh, like probably this clear waters solutions problem or Clearwater Solutions video, we're right. definitely going to make a storyboard for that because mm-hmm. that's going to be a, a much more planned video.
0: Yeah, well, and depending on the client, I mean, some people have a harder time visualizing what it is that needs needs to be done or what they're, we're envisioning and what they're envisioning and all that kind of stuff. It's hard to line those up. So sometimes having that storyboard is an an easy way to connect the two.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, is there anything else planning-wise that you wanted to... Talk about that we didn't mention already.
1: I did want to mention. So I, I've got a friend, one of, one of my mentors, uh, John Powell. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out! He works for the Library of in Huntsville. Um, he he is like a very talented, very skilled uh, videographer, mm-hmm. and he was he gave me a little bit of advice when he was writing this. And I think the biggest thing I took away from uh, the entire uh, thing that we talked about. He was saying mood boards mm-hmm. are a really good way to, like, if your client doesn't really know what they want, mm-hmm. if you make a mood board to kind of express how the, the video is supposed to feel, mm-hmm. that'll help a lot. Yeah. And the other thing was sending your client music mm-hmm. before shooting. Yeah. And sometimes you can even, like, play that music in an interview or uh, during um, shooting B-roll even. Mm-hmm. Uh if you've ever heard of like the good, the bad, and the ugly, mm-hmm. you know, the the old Western, mm-hmm. <laughs> the director for that movie, everyone knows it has some of the best uh, music in the history of, of film. Right. You know, um, it's, uh, <laughs> we might cut this out, but it's like, ay, 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 wow, wow, wow. I don't
0: think you should cut that out. <laughs> that, that's perfect.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's like some of the most iconic music in the history of movies. Right. He played that on set. And that really made people get in the mood for how they were going to act, mm-hmm. and it it worked really well. Um, he he played that in some of his other movies, uh, for or you know music for the other movies to make camera moves right. Mm-hmm. So music is just like the more I learn about videography, the more important I found music to be. Yeah. It just really sets, uh, the entire tone for your video. Mm -hmm. So showing your, um, showing your client music samples beforehand Mm -hmm. is a really, really good idea. Yeah. Um, just if you're on the same page about the music, you're probably on the same page about just about everything. Right. So yeah, that was the only other thing I wanted to mention.
0: Well, awesome. Awesome. It's been really interesting getting a peek behind the curtain at all the things that you do to plan for a video. So, thanks so much for hanging out and talking to us and being on this side of the the microphone for once. How'd I do? You did good. Yeah, you did great. I think we'll have you back.
1: <laughs> I'm a little nervous, but I appreciate that. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll just cut out any part that makes me sound like less charismatic or whatever. <laughs> the edit, like you're you're gonna be listening to this. Whoever the audience is, they're gonna be like, dang. This guy is so cool and so likable, but it's just because I edited it the right way, you know?
0: (laughs) It's like, um, you know how they say that like Instagram life is not real life.
1: Yeah. It's like that,
0: but (laughs) like to, to a whole nother, another level.
1: Yes, Exactly.
0: Well, everybody, our next episode is going to be a fun one as we wrap up season one of the Dogwood Media Solutions podcast. We're going to look back on this year and all the things that we've done and also look forward to 2024. So you're not going to want to miss that. And the best way to not miss that is to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. That really helps us out. And also, if you can leave a review, that would be awesome because it helps the right people to find us. So if you'd like to connect with us further, you can head on over to dogwoodmediasolutions.com That's the best way to find us on all of our socials and our phone number and all that kind of good stuff. So if you want to connect, head on over there. And thanks again for tuning in to the Dogwood Media Solutions Podcast. And until next time, happy marketing.